Welcome to Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla, where it's you who sets the conversation. Join us for the next hour as we take a fresh look at how we think about spirituality. Welcome. It is Thursday afternoon, Fresh Thinking time. So, here we are, still on lockdown, and I think everybody's looking forward to what it is that the president is going to say tonight. Maybe we'll get a little bit of an opportunity to breathe, get out. Let's see. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. But what better thing could thing could you possibly do when you're under lockdown than to tune into Chai FM and especially to Fresh Thinking? So thanks for joining. Thanks for being with us all the way until 3 o'clock this afternoon. It's wonderful, as it always is. Love to hear your thoughts. How's the lockdown treating you? Everybody, I'm sure, has an individual experience. Just to give you all the details that you need to know, how to stay in touch during the course of today's show, you can SMS, as always, on 34519. You can send a Telegram message on 0618951019. And, of course, you can tweet at Chai FM. You can also tweet me directly at Rabbi Shish. Because I think what we're going to do over here today is everybody's trying to make sense of this whole thing. I was thinking this morning, you know how it is when you take your child to school for the first time and they're so excited about it and you think it's going to be an absolute pleasure. And then on call it day three or four of the first year in nursery school, that's when they have the meltdown because they realize that this is for the long haul. So I feel like that's where we are at the moment. Everybody was good and sharing their wonderful uh, experiences and all the innovations of how they're enjoying the lockdown and how wonderful it is and all these funny memes doing the rounds. And then Pesach came along, so we were distracted by Yontav and that was great. And now suddenly it's starting to sink in. This could be a little longer than we had expected. So I thought if lockdown is first and foremost front and center on everybody's mind and we're all in this together, why don't we share what we've learned? And I'm sure that anybody with a little bit of thought will be able to share some really good lessons from lockdown. So I'm inviting you to share your lessons. Please tell us, for everybody's benefit, what has this lockdown taught you? And I'm sure once you get the juices flowing, you're going to see that there's all kinds of things that we can all relate to. So 34519, if you'd like to send an SMS. Otherwise, a message on Telegram on 0618951019. You can always tweet at Chai FM. You can tweet me directly at Rabashesh. And let's share lessons. I'm sure people have some very interesting and intriguing lessons. I've got something quite profound that I'd like to share with you as well a little bit later. That's what we're going to talk about today. Your lessons from living in lockdown. This is Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla. It is indeed. It's Fresh Thinking as we do every Thursday afternoon and you help to drive the show, particularly at the moment. I think all of the ways that we do things have been turned on their heads and as a result of that, you could be sitting in the comfort of your home, in a nice comfortable chair right now, actually as I am, and you could be part of the show, as I am. Just like I could broadcast from home, you could participate from home as well. So please do, please share your thoughts. Lessons learnt living in lockdown. Let's make it meaningful, seeing as we're all in this situation and we're not getting out of the situation by our own choice. So in that case, we may as well 
use it to the best of our abilities. <clears throat> let's let's try and see what we can learn. And I think once you get people going and once you get people thinking, you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed at what comes out. Some very special people we have in our High FM community. So please go ahead and share your thoughts with us. I, like I say, I have something which I think is quite profound that I would like to share with you as we go through this particular conversation. Let's go quickly to Twitter. Some nice ideas coming through on Twitter. Uh, well, actually, some of them are quite thought-provoking. So somebody says, what you learn, this is at Gimple the Fool, says, you see the best of people, but sadly the worst of people too. I don't think that that is necessarily unique to lockdown. Any period of crisis, any time of turmoil, you're going to see the best in people. Amazing, amazing things coming out. Whether it be the taxi driver in Spain who took people to the hospital without charging them. And then at some point, the hospital made this grand collection for him and gave him a standard innovation and gave him money to cover all of his trips. Or whether it be the musicians who, who've been playing music outside hospitals. I mean, they really, really are beautiful scenes right across the board, including right here in our own country, people reaching out to those who are less fortunate and helping them with provisions and with supplies. So you definitely are going to see the best in people. And likewise, unfortunately, you're going to see the worst in people. Those people who become quite self-centered, those people who stockpile at the cost to other people. Although I think we're over that point, the whole crazy uh, stockpiling experience. I think that's kind of come to, to an end. But you will. You will unfortunately see people who the dark side comes out. I don't know that that is unique to lockdown. I'm trying to find lessons that are unique to lockdown, specific to lockdown. Uh, because this is what we're dealing with right now. The Baal Shem Tov, the founder of the Hasidic movement, taught that every single thing that a person sees in life or experiences in life is there to teach us something about how we should be living and how we should conduct ourselves as Jewish people specifically. So that's what I'm trying to discover here. Together with you today, what are the specific, the unique lockdown lessons that we could learn? Uh, here's somebody saying, here's Greg. Greg says it's okay not to have everything figured out. Now, I think that that's profound because at the end of the day, we are so stuck in trying to have everything figured out. It's one of the big challenges that we have living in the 21st century, that we believe that we do have the right to work everything out. <laughs> and we expect that things should go in, you know, in, our, in the way that we expect them to. So that it's okay not to have everything figured out. That's powerful. It's powerful. If we can come to terms with that, we can be comfortable in our own skin. I think when you look around the world, and I don't want to get into the discussion and the debate about should there be lockdown, should there not be lockdown, are we overreacting, is it more important to open up the economy, is it more important to protect life, there, there are strong views on both sides of the argument. Actually, I think it's a moot point. Unless you're a decision maker at government level, it's pretty much a moot point. So what happens to us is whether it be the right approach or not, fact of the matter is – that this is our situation at the moment. And it's a situation that we don't have the power to change. So what Greg says, that it's okay not to have everything figured out, is a very valuable lesson. That, that means let's get comfortable with this. Let's get comfortable, not get comfortable with our circumstances if we can change them. It's no question. If we have the power to change something, we are required to do so. But let's get comfortable with the fact that actually sometimes 
you don't control, or maybe most of the time, maybe all of the time, you don't control what's going on, and that's okay. Nice lesson. That's a really nice lesson. Here's Gary who says, when it is in Hashem's hands, everything happens for the greater good. Now, it's important and, and very helpful for us to have that philosophy. I think it's a lot of what we're going to talk about over here today. I heard a beautiful saying from somebody. I was listening to a talk earlier today, and they had a very beautiful saying. And that is, coronavirus does not control your life. Coronavirus does not control your life. God controls your life. God also controls coronavirus. So when we acknowledge that these things are in God's hands. So the first point, as Greg says, we don't have to have it all figured out. I think equally as a, an extension of that thought, we don't necessarily have to always understand how it's all supposed to work. And if it doesn't work the way that we expect it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's bad. Those are very valid points. And now when you add what Gary says, Hashem is the one pulling the strings, Hashem is in control, and what Hashem does is for the greater good, that's profound. That can breathe. You can breathe when you understand that. As long as you think that life has spiraled out of control because of an invisible enemy that has clutched the entire world and won't allow us to move, then it's a very fearful place to live. Oh my gosh, look what's happening and people are dying and they're getting sick and people are losing jobs. You know, once you go down that line of thinking and that becomes your obsession, it's very frightening. Likewise, if your obsession becomes... We need to change this. We need to stand up. We need to protest. The government's not handling it properly. And perhaps if there were other people in power, they'd be doing a better job. Well, then also you're in a very insecure place. Unfortunately, you land up being in a very insecure place and a very frightening place as well. As soon as a person is able to say, listen, I, I'm in Hashem's hands. You know, there's a verse in the Tanakh. There's a verse in the Bible that goes, Ani Hashem loishonisi va'atem b'nei Yaakov loichilisem. I Hashem have not changed. You, the Jewish people, have not been destroyed. If we can get into that headspace, Hashem doesn't change. The same God who looked after us before there was coronavirus, when, I know it's a distant memory, but there were other challenges. The same God who, if an individual happened to be ill, God forbid, and the rest of the world around them was all healthy and there was no pandemic, that individual would say, God will help me through my illness. The same community that has a very long, dark, difficult history where we've known so many times that we are on the precipice and then Hashem has brought us back from the brink of disaster. That same Hashem who we would call on under any other situation, any other circumstance, the same Hashem who you would pray to just before signing a business deal, please God, make this work. The same Hashem that you would thank after the birth of a child and say, thank you God for giving me this in my life. Ani Hashem loishanisi. I am God, I haven't changed. As I was supportive of the Jewish people throughout the whole of our history, I'll be supportive of you now. As I've kept this world going in spite of all the things that have threatened it, I will keep this world going now. As I've protected you through the ups and downs of your life, I will protect you now. You won't You won't be destroyed. If we can think along those lines, really good place to be. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Some really, really nice ones coming through. Please join the conversation. 34519. That's if you'd like to send us an SMS. Otherwise, WhatsApp, sorry, not WhatsApp, Telegram, 0618951019. And social media, always a perennial favorite. Tweet 
at chayfm or tweet me directly at rabbishish. This is Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla. So, wow, I must say we have some very deep thinkers in our Chai FM community. The truth of the matter is I'm not at all surprised. One thing that I've learned over the years with Fresh Thinking is how much intellectual capital and how much spiritual capital we have right here in this South African community, South African Jewish community. And the truth is we do have some voices that come in from overseas as well. And if you are listening from overseas, listening on streaming, let us know because it's it's such a different world today and everybody's so connected as much as we had been connected prior to this and technology allowed that level of connection wow is it different now so let us know if you're listening from some remote location somewhere around the world because it's just nice it's nice to know who's there here's uh, Vanessa on Twitter who says that the lesson from lockdown man proposes but God disposes and it's it's an interesting one that it's interesting. The Yiddish version of that is a mensch tracht und Gott lacht. A person thinks and God laughs. It rhymes in Yiddish. But the point is exactly that. Man proposes but God disposes. The only thing that I, that I think we have to be careful with when saying that, it could have a little bit of a negative overtone. Like, I had a good idea and God disposed of it. In other words, he was wrong. How could he have disposed of my proposal? It's it's possible. When a person says, a mensch tracht and Gott lacht, man thinks and God laughs. Well, the minute you hear the word laugh, you could think of it as that cynical, evil kind of laugh. Or you could think of it as he laughs. It's like a parent who laughs at the child and says, look, you think you know. You think you understand what, what should happen. You think you have a better idea. I'm laughing because I see a bigger picture. I'm laughing because I appreciate what's going to come out of this. And, and one day, you know how people say, one day you're going to thank me. You know the parent who says that to a child, right? You, one, one day you're going to thank me. So I like, I prefer, personally, I prefer the Yiddish expression where God lacht, where Hashem laughs, which is a positive kind of emotion as opposed to he disposes, which makes it sound almost as if, well, your idea was absolute rubbish anyway. So why would I even consider it? But it is true, it is true for us to know and to expect and to accept that Hashem is not bound by the things that we expect or that we want or that we look to. So that is a good lesson. Here's another nice one. Surviving the day is good enough. <laughs> That's real. That's real. Now we're talking a language that everybody can relate to. Surviving the day is good enough. How do you like that, hey? I think... You'll probably agree with this, and I'm sure other people are going to make this comment too. But if you pay attention to what's going on in our world, and you pay attention to how life was before we went into lockdown, and, and here in South Africa it's lockdown, and if you're listening somewhere else in the world, it might not be a full lockdown, it might just be a stay-at-home advisory or whatever it is. You look at how life was before that, and the kind of things that we expected, and the kind of grandeur with which we lived our lives. And now you look at what's happening now, and, and you're at home, and... You're kind of making do with a whole lot of things that possibly you wouldn't have made do with under ordinary circumstances. So you look at that and you say, you know what? Maybe there are little things to be grateful for. I got through the day. That was a good thing. Today's a good day. Why is it a good day? I made it. I made it through to the end without any major meltdowns. 
Um, somebody made a comment to me the other day about tantrums, the tantrums that are happening in their house, and then they revealed that they were actually talking about themselves, the parent, not necessarily about the child. Yes, uh, Coco Pazzo often comments, and, and this is definitely from overseas, this is from the States. Good lesson, this one, good lesson. So they say that all I really need in life is right here in my house. I think that's one of the most profound lessons that we have from this lockdown is to suddenly see and appreciate what we actually have. We spend so much of our time looking for things that we don't have, so much of our time watching what others have, so much of our time making comparisons, so much of our time running around, I need. How often do we use the word I need? It's like my little one. She's learned that if she says I need, people will respond more quickly than if she says I want. So think about how often we say I need. I need to be able to go have a coffee with my friend at such and such. And it's got to be this particular brand. That if it's not that brand of coffee, it's not good enough. And I need to have this kind of self-indulgence, whether it be on the golf course or at the spa. There's certain things that we've convinced ourselves that we need. Now that we can't have them at the moment, it's interesting how you suddenly start to appreciate what you have. Look around your house, and we live in such a privileged society. If you're listening to the show, the likelihood is that you live in a much more privileged environment than what your great-grandparents would have dreamed of. Running water, electricity, comfortable beds, more than one bedroom, the concept of a microwave. I mean, there's all kinds of things that we have today. Online shopping. Think about that for a second. Uh, the capacity to connect with people, even if you can't see them physically, but you can get on the phone. So how much of what we have, of what we need is actually right here with us? Yes, we need food. That's true. You've got to go out and get food or got to order in food at some point. But there's so much of what we need that's right here with us in the comfort of our own homes. And most importantly, the people. The people who live under the same roof as us, who unfortunately in the frenetic pace of life, we often just pass them as ships in the night. I don't know about you, but I would assume that most households at the moment are eating most of their meals together every single day. Most households don't necessarily even eat one meal together in the day. And here under lockdown, suddenly we're living together. So that's a really nice insight. And and there's a whole lot more, by the way, coming and I still have something quite profound that I'd like to share with you, but first I want to give you a voice because there are many profound insights that you're sharing, and, and they're good. They're really, really good insights. Um, of course, some of them some of them are real, hey? Some of them are real. Here's somebody who says, exhaustion is real. <laughs> if you have young children at home and you're used to them spending a decent amount of, of the day at school, you might find yourself right now being just a little bit more exhausted than usual. And that's okay. That goes back to the other comment about uh, celebrating the fact that you made it through the day. <laughs> so, yeah, these are real things. Exhaustion is real. But here's a beautiful one. A person says, I've learned what an amazing family I have. And I resonate absolutely with this because if there's one thing that I'm absolutely loving about the lockdown, and it's because, thank God, I'm in a privileged position to have family with me under the same roof and not everybody's in that position and some people are very alone at this time because they can't be with their families and it's it's incredibly alone time. I know people have been speaking to people this week sitting shiver 
without the ability to see people and nobody can come visit them and, and wish them, which is incredibly difficult. So I'm just talking from my own experience and resonating with this comment. What an amazing family I have. Wow, hey? Wow. We take these things for granted. It goes back to that earlier comment. Whatever I need is in my home. Wow. We, we really sometimes overlook the incredible blessing of our own family, of our spouse, of our children, of our parents, whoever it is that happens to be living with us under our home, uh, under, under our roof, the, the nuclear family. Such a brocha. And unfortunately, because of the pace of life, so often overlooked. Definitely something to think about. There's so many lessons and probably a lot more time to reflect on those lessons just because of the nature of how things are now. Please share yours as well. Would love to hear. There's some really, really, really nice ideas coming through. You can share on SMS 34519. Send a telegram message 0618951019. You can tweet at Chayafim. You can tweet me directly at Rabbi Shish. I'm going to go through a few more of your messages and I'd like to share a teaching that is related to this week's Torah portion that is so apt for what we're going through right now. It's going to be absolutely mind-blowing. If you live alone, especially during these 21 days, then you need to know about the Chai FM helpline check-in service. Our counselors will call you on a regular basis to check in and make sure that you're okay. It is available to anyone of any age who feels the need for it. Make contact with us by calling the helpline on 0800 242436. Chai FM 101.9 megahertz of serving the community. Okay, listen to this. You can make a difference during the COVID-19 pandemic with DISCHEM. Your DISCHEM benefit points can now go towards supporting the independent solidarity fund set up by the president. DISCHEM is matching RAND for RAND all point donations and will kickstart it with an upfront 2 million RAND. Monies raised will go towards saving lives and assisting people in need. Donate now by converting your points via the Discam app or website. Together we are stronger. Together we can overcome the pandemic. Discam, pharmacists who care. Wow, that's a nice initiative, eh? Sure, it's a really nice initiative. If you have just joined in, it is Fresh Thinking You Are with Rabbi Shishla all the way until 3 p.m. today talking about lessons learned from living in lockdown. And you've been great, I have to say, the things that are coming through. Not only local, by the way, I've got messages from the States, from the UK, from Israel, and of course the, uh, from Sydney, and of course the vast majority coming from right here in ZA. What are the lessons, the most profound, meaningful lessons you are taking from this lockdown? Like I say, there's, there's something about this week's Torah portion that I'd like to share with you because it's profound and it speaks directly to what it is that we're dealing with, but I did promise a few more of your messages. Uh, here's Jenny who says, the lesson is not to give up on my dreams, even if they might be temporarily postponed. Well, that's, that's a thing. I think there are a lot of people who are feeling like, wow, I was on a, I was on a trajectory, trajectory over here and I was uh, moving in a particular direction and, and things uh, were going well and, and now suddenly everything's been put on hold. So yes, hold on to your dreams. That's a nice one. Wow, messages flowing in, flowing in. <laughs> I gotta love this. Somebody says, what, the lesson is what a waste of time social media is. <laughs> the irony, of course, is that you posted that on social media. 
Uh, we've got to pick through them over here. A lot of, a lot of nice ones. Um, a lot of nice ones. Here's another one. We make plans and Hashem laughs. We have already spoken about that. Here's Karen who says to respect Hashem's plans. It is not in our hands. Please God may it pass soon, but the world is being taught something and it is sadly not us to question, but to respect. Uh, here's Rami who says we need each other. That's the lesson. We need each other. Mark, not so tongue in cheek, although it is humorous, says the lesson is not to irritate my wife. <laughs> Mark, strength to you. Hope you're keeping your chin up during this particular experience in this period. Wow. Uh, don't irritate your wife. You saw that meme that was doing the rounds, uh, life in lockdown that says it's the, the, the couple sitting on the couch and she's saying, could you please not blink so loud? Here's another one on Twitter, Arius at Arius1564, whatever, it's a long name, says, well, for one, I need to channel my emotions. I vent a lot and I've slowed down too. So there you go. That's, a, that's an important one, to be able to channel your emotions. I think we all agree that we know that things can send you into a bit of an emotional tailspin and it's quite important to be able to know how to rein that in. Beautiful message I got over here as well. Somebody's uh, sent in a message that says to appreciate the blue sky. <laughs> yes, indeed. Indeed, to appreciate the blue sky is something that we are very blessed with here in Joburg. Here's Carly who says, thank God for Shabbos and make sure that we get a proper 25-hour screen break. And it's the only one time that the kids don't argue. Well, that's a big thing. You know, now that we're living so much on screens... It's quite a thing, Shabbos, hey? When you sit down with your family, Yom Tov was also like that. You sit around with the family and you you appreciate the not having the screens. Absolutely. Uh, who else? Michael says the new normal. How to live in it. The lesson is how to live in a new normal world. Yeah. How's that? Do you think it will be? Hey, do you think this is the new normal? I'm not so sure. I think it might just be the portal to a new normal. I'm not sure that this itself is the new normal. Here's uh, Rene who says how important it is to know yourself, what you believe in and what your values are. And you really have to have faith and trust in God. That's true. Terry says the lesson is to be thankful for what we have and that less is definitely more. Absolutely agree with that. One of the big things, downsizing and recognizing that less is Actually more. And here's another humorous one. Shira says a good glass of wine can make the world seem happier. <laughs> I wonder how many people, without the sale of alcohol, how many people had enough stocked up in their house? Yeah, lots. Of, oh my gosh, there are so many, so many good ones. I mean, I'm not, I don't believe I'm going to uh, touch on every single one of them, but I would like to juxtapose two comments, literally, literally that came in one after the other. So one comment says, the lesson is that freedom can be taken away in the blink of an eye. So there's a perception, of course, that we've been locked down and our freedom has been taken away from us. And immediately Martin messaged the paradox of being out and free can leave you locked in and being locked down and inside can be very liberating. How do you like that? And those two messages literally back to back. I think it's incredible. I don't know if they planned it. But there you go. One perception that this is a lack of freedom and that our freedom has been taken away from us against our will in a flash. And the other opinion saying, well, what do you know? Perhaps actually 
This is the greatest kind of freedom. There's so many good messages coming through over here. Thank you. It's, it's, it's wonderful to see everybody participating. I suppose people do have a little bit more time on their hands. And also, I think that people at the end of the day are very concerned. What should we be learning from this? That's the correct approach, right? Don't just go through the experience. Learn from the experience. So I want to share, I mean, you've got some really, really good messages that I'm going to have to just pause for a minute because I've got to share this concept with you. It's very profound. So there are certain Torah portions that grab people's attention because they're exciting and dramatic. Like, for example, all this, the story about Pharaoh and Egypt and the Exodus and plagues. People love that kind of Torah portion. It's dynamic. It's exciting. Or the story of Joseph and his brothers or the, the patriarchs, whatever it is. This week, the Torah portion is not one of those really exciting, adventurous Torah portions. It's a little bit about the laws of what would happen in temple times after childbirth. And it's a lot. It's a double Torah portion this week. And almost all of it speaks about this biblical condition called Tzara'as. Some people translate it as leprosy. Not sure that that is necessarily the best translation. But it definitely the concept of being a leper, ostracized from society, is exactly what Saras is all about. Oh, by the way, we call that quarantine. <laughs> the Torah says that the person who was afflicted with this particular disease had to make it known to the public so that nobody else should become contaminated by being in their immediate vicinity. So how do you like that? It speaks directly to contamination, quarantine, and how you go about re-entering society. It is so apt. You have to read this week's Torah portion. So one of the things that's intriguing about the Torah portion is that you've got this person called a Matsura, that means the so-called leper, the person who has experienced this skin disease, because that's what Saras was. It was an unusual spiritual skin disease, and it manifested primarily as blotches on the skin and, and hair growing in the in the rash. Okay, I don't want to get into the into the complexity of it. But the point is it's it's a disease that afflicts a person because of a spiritual ailment. So the individual who has this disease is called a metzora. Okay, that's what we call it. Metzora is the person who has tzara'as, that spiritual disease. It's a spiritual disease that forces the person to be ostracized from the rest of society. Badod yeshev. They have to sit in what in Israel today they call bidud, what you and I know as quarantine. So, here's the thing. Would you know it? In the Talmud, there's a story about a rabbi called Rabbi, rabbi Yehoshua ben Levi who meets up with Elijah and he asks Elijah, how do I get to meet Moshiach, the Messiah? And he directs him and he describes that when you find him, he will be a Mitzora, somebody with this disease. And that's weird. Moshiach, the most profoundly powerful spiritual person who's going to radically change the entire world is a Mitzora. Suffering from this strange social distance disease. How do you reconcile that? Well, there's something we're going to think about. Back in a moment. This is Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla. So you've got this, uh, <clears throat> this Saras, it's this disease which, the, the, it's this biblical disease that caused people to have to go into quarantine and stay away from anybody else lest they infect them. It was considered one of the most objectionable things that a person could ever experience. Pariah, persona non grata, if you had it. And yet, the Talmud, on more than one occasion, I just told you one of the examples, on more than one occasion, the Talmud says that Moshiach, 
is called a matsara, an individual who has to be quarantined because of the skin disease. Now that is bizarre, that is strange. How could you possibly say that a person who's going to bring such meaning and insight to the whole world should be identified and associated with a disease that pushes everybody apart. The, the purpose of Mashiach is to bring everybody together. The effect of Tsaras is to push people apart. They seem to be polar opposite. How does this all work? So I'd like to share with you an insight from Hasidus. And it's an incredibly powerful insight, which goes like this. When the Torah introduces the concept of the Mitzorah, of the individual who has this particular disease, the Torah says, Adam, should there be a man, Ki yiyeh, should there be a man who has this particular skin ailment, this particular Tzara's disease, then these are the rules of exactly what is going to happen to that person and how we manage the process. Adam, in Judaism, there are various ways that we refer to people. There is Ish, there is Gever, there is Enoish. The word Adam is usually reserved for a person who is in an elevated spiritual state. And so it's a surprising thing that the kind of person we expect should have this disease called Zaraas should be somebody who's in an elevated spiritual state. In fact, that's the reason that we're told Zaraas no longer exists, because people generally are not of the spiritual caliber to actually experience this disease. So Hasidus explains it as follows, and this is incredibly profound, and I believe that it has a strong resonance with what we're going through right now. Hasidus says this, Sometimes in life, you are exposed to something that is so profound and so powerful and so intense that if you are not ready for the experience, it could actually land up being a devastating experience. So in simple terms, let's say for argument's sake that you wanted to hear an incredible speaker. Either the speaker is brilliant intellectually or they are very deep spiritually. So it could be some kind of a, a rabbi, a Kabbalist, or it could be a scientist. Something you want to hear and you're really, really looking forward to it. The only thing is you don't expect and you don't prepare for just how deep and profound and brilliant the particular individual is. So there you go and they start to talk and oh my, you are completely out of your depth. You don't know what they're on about. It is too complex, it is too profound, it is too deep, and so you feel altogether lost. Not only do you land up feeling lost because of that, but you might misconstrue what it is that they're saying. So they could say something and you get it out of context because you don't have the profound understanding that they have, and you walk out of there and you start telling people information that might be not only wrong, it might actually be potentially lethal. So that's the concept that we talk about of being overwhelmed, overwhelmed by something that is too spiritual, too deep, too intense, it blows you away. We're told about individuals through the course of Jewish history who went on to some kind of a spiritual excursion and they tried to connect and have a spiritual, deep, meaningful experience and it was too much of an overload for them and bad things happened. So in the one case, the guy lost his mind and in another case, the, the guy died, and in a different situation, the person gave up on his whole spiritual journey because he couldn't reconcile living on earth with the experience that he had had in heaven. So sometimes when you're exposed to something that is high-level, intense, very deep, very spiritual, very profound, great light, as we call it, but you're not yet ready to receive it, you get blinded, or you can even get harmed. I suppose something we could all relate to 
is radiation. Of course, I'm not going to go down the whole conspiracy theory track about whether coronavirus is because of 5G. Let's park that. You can uh, research your own conspiracy theories. But one thing that we do know is that radiation is bad. If a person is exposed to too much radiation or too intense a radiation, it could have long-term damaging effects on that person. On the other hand, we rely on radiation all the time because we rely on communication, especially now that we're in this lockdown and we have to be able to stay in touch with people. So we rely a lot on our cell phones or whatever the case is. So here you've got something that in the wrong kind of exposure is life-threatening. If a person is exposed to too much radiation, it can literally be life-threatening. But on the other hand, if you know how to, if you know how to calibrate it and you can get a hold of it in a healthy way, it's actually life-enhancing. So this principle of Torahs and why it's related specifically to the Adam, to the developed, the highly spiritual person, this principle of Torahs basically speaks to two points. It's talking about a person who is mostly where they need to be spiritually, but the skin, the outer reaches, the superficial elements are not yet quite sorted out. That's why the disease will manifest on the skin because it's to imply internally the person's quite okay, but externally, you know, there's a kind of, kind of a few things that still have to be tied up. On the one hand. On the other hand, because this person has reached this particular point in their life, they deserve to be exposed to a very intense spiritual experience. So intense like nothing else they've ever been exposed to before. The problem is because they've still got some loose ends that they haven't tied up, so they're not yet ready to experience the value of the spiritual intensity. And so it hits them as this massive whack and they get a disease and they've got to step out from society because they've got to get come to terms with what's happening in their life. Somebody said to me earlier today that one of the most profound things that we need to learn about this, uh, this whole experience, this global pandemic, is to be willing to accept change. So here you've got somebody who's been hit with a sledgehammer of change it is a very profound offering. Something's coming into their life that is so amazing, so uplifting, but also so radically different to anything that they've ever been prepared for that they get thrown off their horse and they don't know how to handle it and it manifests on the surface because that's a skin disease. On the surface, it looks like something bad. So Mashiach, we all think of as the grand savior who's going to come and sort us out. We'll have X amount of time in history which is bad, diseased, Ugly, and then Moshiach will come all the way at the end and he will resolve it. He'll fix all our problems, he'll rescue us, and everything will be fantastic. That's not how we understand it in Judaism. Instead, we understand it that Moshiach equals Matzorah. That means to say, the same man sitting there with this disease, going through this social distancing, the same individual who has to be in, uh, in, uh, totally removed from society, that is the, that is Moshiach. In other words, you have two options of how to look at what's going on in such a, an overwhelming, devastating experience. The guy who's got the tsaras that's overwhelming and devastating on a personal level can't be part of society, completely ostracized. He could look at it and say, oi vey, I'm diseased. Or he could look at it and say, hang on, God is pushing something through over here that is so intense and so powerful, I'm clearly not ready for it, and that's why it's shaken me. I need to learn how to be ready for the light. If I learn how to be ready for the light, then I find the Mashiach in the Mitzorah. I find the solution within the problem, not after the problem, like everybody says, when this is over, when things go back to normal. No, that's not the Jewish way of looking at it. It's now, while I sit in this bidud, while I sit in this containment, this confinement, 
then I also reflect on something's coming through this. The quicker I can recognize it, the quicker things will resolve. Love to hear your thoughts, although we're a little bit out of time. So if you do have a thought, three, four, five, one, nine, you can send an SMS. This is Fresh Thinking with Rabbi Ari Shishla. So this is the thing, and this is the profound teaching over here. What happens with us in life is we always are wired, and it's just the way that we are. I mean, you can you don't have to feel bad about it. We're wired to look at the now and compare it to the later. In other words, what we look at is we say, look, right now I'm going through a difficult time. But I have trust. I have faith. It will come right. That's how we look at life, right? It will come right. But now it's bad. The Mitzorah slash Moshiach teaching that the Talmud wants us to appreciate is actually there's a more effective way to look at life. And that's to say, right now, something positive is happening and I just haven't understood it yet. Right now, and a lot of people tell you the world is going through a correction and we needed it. And there's a reduction in pollution and people are spending more time with their families and they're slowing down. And you can list and list and list all the various things that are happening. So we're actually better at this now than we had been in most periods of history. People are opening their eyes and saying, something good is happening now. We, we just don't quite understand it fully. We haven't quite worked it out. And so as long as we haven't quite worked it out, that's where we're feeling just a little bit insecure. But insecurity does not necessarily equate with bad. So the teaching of the Tsaras is the person gets time out. And in that time out, they've got the Tsaras, they've got the strange disease. And so they have to use it as an opportunity to reflect on themselves and to reflect on their circumstances and reflect on the situation in which they find themselves and who should I really be and what is life really all about and so on. So the person goes through this particular phase thinking, reflecting, Part of that reflection is supposed to be, how do I get to see the light? How do I get to see the light? And the first place, and I suppose this is something we could talk about for a very long time, but the first place to start is right where we began the show right at the beginning. In other words, to look and say, this is God's plan. I had my plan. I had my understanding. I had my expectations. And it's not working out the way I expected, I don't have to call that bad. I don't have to necessarily say that because of that, there is this great, tremendous sorrow, difficulty that I'm going through. I can trust that what I'm going through right now actually is going to be positive. Actually, it is a good thing manifesting. When we open our eyes to the light, believe it or not, It opens the channels for the blessing that we need. I think the challenge and the greatest lockdown lesson that we should be learning right now is how to be able to see what can't be seen. The virus can't be seen. The brocha can't be seen. None of us question the fact that the virus exists in spite of the fact that it can't be seen. We need to question whether we can identify the goodness even though it's not immediately visible. Stay safe. Stay sane, have a wonderful Shabbos, and let's look for the light, because please God, when we find it, amazing things will emerge. Have a wonderful Shabbos.